Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. And welcome back to the Best Damn Camp, a Rowan verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Again, prefacing as I'm going to have to from now on, I love the Percy Jackson books, I just also enjoy being critical, but I love the books no matter what. So, with that in mind, today we are continuing our timeline journey with The Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter 11, I Set Myself on Fire, and Chapter 12, I Take a Permanent Vacation. I'm going to be upfront with y'all. I hate these chapters, so I'm going to have a lot to say, including next week a bonus episode ranting about how much these chapters suck with a bunch of other people so you know stay tuned for that so as always i've got my points to focus on today we've got story characters and generally what i thought of it spoilers i don't think very highly of it but to begin here's the synopsis from a god who admits to not liking mortals horror film stereotypes and massive explosions these chapters are just wild throw in an immortal who falls in love in days and we've got ourselves a winner for the biggest what the heck duo of chapters ever in Percy Jackson and the Olympians at least and that is the synopsis for these two chapters so let's just let's just get into it shall we and start first with chapter 11 I set myself on fire and let's just here is the overview for chapter 11 percy you seriously need to learn not to judge people on their appearances my gods hephaestus understands that people suck i can appreciate that because it's true he will give them the directions to daedalus if they help him of course he's a god on the way grover senses pan and like every horror movie they split up like the idiots they are. Pointless birthing discussions are interrupted by a game of the floor is lava. Exposition, idiot Percy and killing baby monsters is casual as always. With Percibeth nearly canon, Percy puts himself at risk and, as foreshadowing foretold, brought the ocean to him and exploded. And that's the overview for chapter 11. I set myself on fire. Oh my god. Oh. Okay, firstly, so the birthing discussions. The most pointless thing. This is before even getting anything. I just want to get this out here. The birthing discussion about how Annabeth came to be in that she came from Annabeth's mind. Not Annabeth. From Athena's mind. Why? Do we care? Why do we need to know this? It's not important. 
whatsoever. Why is this taking up valuable word count in a chapter that needed the word count to be less in general because too much happens in this chapter whilst also nothing happened at the same time. But why why do we care? Why is this a thing? Why why? 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 I'm just gonna get that out. I just wanted to get that out of the way because that was that was so dumb. Oh my god. It didn't need to be a thing. We didn't need to know that Annabeth exploded from Athena's mind. We didn't need to know this. So why are we being told it? But anyway, let's get into the quote-unquote story for this for this chapter. Oh God, I'm finding a recurring theme with these most recent chapters. I don't see the point, once again, of this chapter. It serves no purpose other than causing later problems and just timeline-based things. I d- Actually, honestly, I don't get it. The splitting of the groups, firstly, actually. So Grover and Tyson, Annabeth and Percy, they've they've split up. So Tyson and Grover have gone one way to go look for Pan, and then Percy and Annabeth have carried on to the volcano to deal with the mini side quest. I'm getting sick of the side quests. The side quest for Hephaestus to figure out who's using his forges. Just, there was no reason... (laughs) For it, for them to be separated, it just feels completely pointless and unnecessary. It just, it, I think this is the thing that I'm finding with Battle of the Labyrinth. Things happen for the sake of them happening. There's no real purpose behind anything. The only time when there is purpose, it's not even significant purpose because it's there to be significant for something that happens later on. Yes, sometimes you do need foreshadowing. That important, fair enough, but. Not everything should connect to something that happens in the future. You've got to have things that are important in that chapter. And there isn't anything in this. Even worse, there is the most pointless... There are too many pointless. Alongside the the Annabeth being birthed from from Athena's head exposition, which was the dumbest thing ever, we've got more exposition dumps that don't need to be there about the Telkines, about who they are, where they're from, why they were punished, what do they do? What, like an entire dialogue scene about how Telkines grow and all these things. I'm like, why does this exist? And honestly, it just didn't need to be there. I just... That nothing of plot significance happens. Literally the only thing that is that happens in this that's again is to do with what happens in the future is that Hephaestus is straight up and says, Look, Daedalus isn't gonna help you. He he doesn't help people. He's not that kind of person. That's the only important bit of information we got from this chapter. The only important bit of information. Let that sink in. This one this chapter, hold on. Let's see how long that chapter was, shall we? goodness um how long was this chapter oh my god all the chapters are way too long at the moment uh 177 to 195 so 20 pages nearly nearly 20 pages of nothing 
nothing happens nothing of interest and literally the thing that happens at the end where percy brings the water to him and explodes that's the only interesting thing and it's not even important to this current chapter because it leads to what happens next and then what happens after because what happens in the next chapter serves no purpose whatsoever i'm tired guys (laughs) oh no oh this is this is the worst of the five books when i was going through the titans cast i was like oh maybe actually maybe that one isn't as good as i remember maybe battle of the labyrinth will be better no somehow it's worse somehow it is worse i want to say to mention the foreshadowing though because actually that was that was quite interesting and we do bring back the foreshadowing from although two two chapters apart two chapters apart come on to be used once again and percy brings the water to him but what's weird about it is that the way he uses it is not how he used it previously so i don't know how like why wasn't that used before because before he had the whole shells that he threw down and they created water and then he made the water bigger but here somehow he manages to just create water from within himself which is i'm pretty sure what the naiad was trying to say then but then we have the shells that burst water so like they're just very conflicting i don't understand like seeing as he didn't know what to do with the power then i don't understand how he managed to do this new power now i don't know whatever let's get on to character though briefly because i want to talk about hephaestus actually because um hephaestus is probably the only interesting god there is who straight away is prejudiced by percy percy doesn't like him because of his inventions and like i'm sorry Percy, you don't like him because of some of his non-working inventions that you were sent into by Ares on both occasions, I would like to point out. So the spiders that attacked you in Lightning Thief, Ares sent you there because he knew there would be a trap from Hephaestus. So why are you, why are you peeved at Hephaestus? Because Ares sent you to it. And then the last one, yet to do with Bianca. Yeah, horrific. But also got to take into account it wouldn't have happened if she'd not picked something up from you know the junkyard because that was the whole thing you weren't meant to and that was the only reason why his automaton came to life because you broke the rules like you you, you can't blame him for either of these things because one was Ares well both were Ares because Ares was the one who sent him into these two different places that had the automatons and the second one was technically Bianca's fault no offence to Bianca. Like, how can you blame him? <laughs> I just don't get it. Percy has... Percy... I don't understand Percy. I think this is the thing that I've come to learn here. Anyway, Hephaestus understands selfish people. So would rather not be around him. And you know what, Hephaestus? I totally get it. I don't want to be around people either, really. <laughs> on occasion, maybe. But not on a regular occurrence. But he also has a clear care for Cyclopses as well, which no one else has. And he only addresses Tyson. Like, when he's speaking, he really only addresses Tyson or speaks to Tyson. And I really like that, actually. I think that was a really sweet characterisation of him, that people are prejudiced against him because of his appearance. And so he is back in tongue because he doesn't care for people because people are cruel. But Cyclopses aren't, or at least the majority aren't, some of the bad ones are. But 
he cares for them because they understand him and he understands them. I thought that was really nice. Although I do have to say that his characterization is a little weird in some places as his personality and attitude sort of fluctuates between you know this interaction with Tyson and then like being really angry suddenly and verbally vicious to people. And I'm like that was that came out of nowhere. That was a bit random. But he's also the only god to me who actually feels real. Like, like he actually feels like a three-dimensional character. Poseidon sucks and tries to act like the good guy. Zeus is literally just a douche in general. Ares is just a fight me. Aphrodite has no personality. Artemis has one form. She's a little bit more developed, but also for some reason hates men. And I'm like, well, that's not true to actual mythology, but whatever. Hera doesn't really have a person. None of the gods really have personalities. They're just a single image. But Hephaestus has a personality and has differences to him. And yet, he's the only one that Pers- Well, Percy obviously hates quite a lot of the others. But he really doesn't like Hephaestus because of things other gods drove him to do. So he only dislikes Hephaestus because of Ares, really. Which makes no sense because you don't like... You can't dislike Hephaestus for something someone else did. That just makes no logical sense. I just don't get it. Hephaestus should also, actually, if I'm honest, be another example as to why to not trust or like the gods to Percy and the demigods, due to the fact that even though he's a god, he is treated by the Olympians terribly. And the fact that he takes it as well. He's not happy with it, but he takes the abuse. Like, this should be analysed, really. This should be recognised by the demigods of, like, wait, hold on, they're, they're treating their own kind terribly this way. And yet, what we kind of just take it ourselves as well. Like, that should be analysed a little bit more, but it's not, and it's annoying. There are so many things I think could have been analysed so much better by our demigods than there is and it's just to kind of like you you have to see the point of view from the other side i think is the thing because luke makes some really great points but percy never really looks at any of it none of our main characters actually do which makes no logical sense for kind of what happens down the line like you you need to be thinking it yourself as well but he never seems to do that but anyway just to oh god move into the worst chapter in existence chapter 12 i take a permanent vacation (sighs) and here is the overview for chapter 12 i hate this so much as percy recovers calypso whose island he has fallen on looks after him staying close but distant percy is enraptured by her but knows she's holding back Calypso chose the Titan side in the previous war and questions Percy about his own choice. Hephaestus arrives and shows him what's happened. Percy has helped Typhoon rise and all of his friends think he's dead. Giving him the answer to find Daedalus, he leaves, giving Percy the chance to speak to Calypso. She's fallen in love with him, her curse being to be stuck on the island and fall in love with whoever arrives on it. Percy could decide to stay or go, but because he's Percy, he goes. 
She'll be his biggest what if, apparently. <sighs> right, okay, so I'm just going to talk about the story and char the character of Calypso in this. And just to start with the story, this is the dumbest chapter in the history of, the per of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. It is the most pointless, insignificant, unimportant chapter in the entire series. I'd probably include Heroes of Olympus as well, but there's some pretty dumb ones in that too, so we'll get to that when I get to that series, but oh my god. <sighs> this chapter serves no purpose whatsoever, and Calypso is a completely nothing character that holds no significance to the story, to the plot, to Percy, to anything. She means nothing. And I don't mean that in a mean way. She literally does. She is a nothing character. She, she she's literally she's a cardboard cutout she's a cardboard cutout character she's like she's got one trait she falls in love with people and looks after them that's it that's her trait that's all she is <laughs> this oh seriously why does this chapter exist other than to include a random timeline extension to not being able to save the camp in time that's all it does I mean, most of the insignificant chapters that we've had have all been included including the monster fights to make the deadline for saving the camp come closer because they, they, they're taking so long because they're pissing about and this is another chapter to do with people pissing about and not actually taking these timelines significantly so we end up with a battle that's going to be what it is it's going to lead to a battle because people have just been messing about with time as well as including another random love interest and honestly, that's it. That's it. It's timeline extension and random love interest. That's all this chapter is about. That's all this chapter does. Maybe the... And I'll I'll give it this. <laughs> Barely. Maybe the only interesting thing is the question of why Percy chose to side with the gods. Because she's, she's right. The reason, really, he only chose it is because his dad, Poseidon, is a god. That was the only reason why he's siding with the gods. But this discussion could have literally happened with anyone. Firstly, it really should have only happened with Luke because Luke is the antagonist who has been sidelined and his whole thing is that the gods serve their own purpose and don't care about the demigods. So that's why the demigods shouldn't side with them because they don't actually care about them. And we know this is true because that keeps happening. The gods keep using them. So this should have been something that Luke says to give him a little bit more of a character because we've completely decharacterized Luke. He's just basically a Nazi boy who serves no other plot significance at the moment and hasn't for a pretty long time. And we haven't even gotten close to him so we still can't even understand where he's coming from because he's right. Some of his points are right. The gods suck. So this discussion should have been with Luke at some point. But Luke doesn't exist anymore, apparently. We don't have any interactions with Luke anymore, apparently. So we have this with a nothing character that serves no point or purpose to the point that this chapter is usually forgotten by most fans because it's so unimportant that this discussion of why he only really supports the gods because of his dad is gone because no one cares about this chapter. <laughs> And that's like that's a really big thing, but because it's put in a chapter that has no bearing on what he's saying, if it was a discussion with Luke, that would have felt intense, that would have felt significant. 
because Percy would be like, no, no, you're being ridiculous. I don't think, and then realise in the back of his head, like, no, I, that is true. I am only really siding with the gods because Poseidon's my dad, even though he abandoned me and didn't care about me for most of my life and told me he wishes I wasn't born. Like, that is an emotional drive that could have been a sort of connector between Luke and Percy and have us understand Luke's point of view, but know he's coming at it from the wrong angle. And also leads to what happens in the next book. But no, it happens here. Ah! Alright, okay, let's just get on to <sighs> the character of Calypso. Oh my god. Calypso is is nothing. She's nothing. And it sounds horrible, but she's a nothing character and it really kind of pisses me off. She has no personality, no significance, other than being a what-if to Percy and plot convenience for him to accepting his role in the prophecy and as a hero. Her only role is to fall in love with him and heal him. That's it. That's all she serves as a purpose. That's all she is. And it's it's kind of really insulting. Like she <laughs> she's a female character who only exists to further the male hero's plot. That's all she exists for, and it's just a little, little bit questionable, and very, very much pisses me off. I know I'm not meant to be swearing in this, but I don't consider that to be swearing, if I'm honest. But anyway, like, it is just, it's really insulting. And okay, slight spoilers, but not really spoilers, but she does return in the other series, and somehow she's even worse. Like, she's even worse. She gets worse. I think that's the more insulting part. Like, Calypso has been done dirty. Firstly, because she didn't need to exist. And I mean this in the nicest way. She shouldn't have existed in the series. Odrigia and Calypso did not need to exist in the Percy Jackson universe. Not at all. Honestly, I'm, I'm fine with her appearing in Heroes of Olympus. But she does not need to exist in Percy Jackson the Olympian. She serves no purpose in this series. I just don't get it. No, she shouldn't. No, stop it. Why? <sighs> oh my god. Okay, that's kind of all I had to say. I'm saving most of my stuff for this episode with some of the other fantastic Percy Jackson podcasters because we all share quite similar opinions. But I'm intrigued to see what other people are going to say about Calypso. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, I will finish this up for now with this week's question of the episode is, <laughs> which will be, how do you feel about the Calypso chapter in the Battle of the Labyrinth? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Let me know. So that'll obviously be going up on our social media, or if you want to uh, not comment on that, but email in, be sure to go do so. And I will give you that information as follows, because I want to thank you guys for joining me today for this Battle of the Labyrinths rant. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Ironverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, where you should follow us, Apple Podcasts, where you should drop a rating and a review, Audio Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, and pretty much every podcast platform now also. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. If you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at a healthy Joseph Fran and on my YouTube channel at Healthy Joseph Fran for more Percy Jackson content. 
Also, be, drop, be sure to drop me a follow on my personal Insta- uh, personal social media at a dose of Ryan on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. And I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. I need a drink. <laughs>